I was amazed how it seemed like right off the bat, people would say, oh my gosh, I heard this episode and this is why I'm reaching out to you for therapy. I was not very good at promoting it. I had a lot of imposter syndrome around that. You know, how can I be a podcaster? I'm too old. I'm whatever. And so it took me a while to really own it and, and put it out there. But the response that I've gotten and the impact on my business, the amount of clients, whether they choose to work with me or not through therapy or coaching, so many will say either I heard you on another podcast or I listened to this episode and knew that I had to work with you. Are you not getting the downloads you desire? Unsure about how to promote your podcast effectively or struggling to monetize your work? Well, you've just found the resource you need. Hi, and welcome to Mike's to Millions, the podcast that brings you exclusive in-depth conversations with top tier hosts in the health and wellness industry to help you grow your podcast. I'm your host, Sam Breakgear, co-founder of Podwritten, a podcast booking agency for health and wellness businesses. In every episode, we dive deep into what it really takes to get more podcast listeners, successfully promote your show and monetize your work. Remember, if you like the show, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us grow and in doing so, we can continue to offer you valuable insights and podcast growth tips. And now, let's get into it. My guest today is the host of Awaken Your Wise Woman, a podcast that explores women's needs, desires, fears, hopes and dreams, all that it means to be a wise woman moving through life's challenges and transitions. The show receives roughly $2,000 a month and has been running for six years. She's a therapist and a coach for women in midlife. She spent many years as a psychotherapist helping clients heal the anxiety and depression that keeps them stuck. While she is still dedicated to that work, these days she also feels called to meet people in a new way through her work as a coach. Elizabeth Cush, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Sam. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have this conversation as well because... I really want to know, like, how did, how did this first start? Like, how, what, what pushed you to create Awaken Your Wise Woman? When I started as a therapist, when I began my business, which was about 10 years ago, I had two friends who were uh, in the beginning stages of their podcasts. One was a very therapy, like how to build your practice, your therapy practice podcast, which became very successful. And then another good friend has um, the podcast called Therapy Chat, where she interviews pretty well-renowned therapists about different types of therapy. And it just really intrigued me that this was a way to reach people who weren't local to me, because as a therapist, you really can only work with people in the state that you're licensed with, at least here in the United States. Well, and I should say, when it started, it was called Woman Warriors because my focus in my therapy practice was anxiety. And I felt like so many women struggle with anxiety without really fully understanding maybe what's underneath it. And so that was the drive for the podcast. I was like, if I could create a podcast that would really help people, help women in particular sort of normalize the fact that maybe they do have anxiety and here are some reasons why, but also here are some strategies to help you move through that. So that's how it started. And at that time I had guests, but also solo episodes. And I was releasing an episode 
every week. So I did that for three years. For the beginning, I was editing it myself, which I'm a little like cringy to think about what those episodes sound like today, but <laughs> it just got to be a lot. I knew I couldn't sustain it. And so around that same time, I was feeling drawn to bring coaching into my work and really focusing on instead of anxiety, like how do we move from living our life to really enjoying and living our fullest life most authentically. And so the shift of the podcast name came to, you know, um, Awaken Your Wise Woman. And I shifted to recording and interviews uh, and releasing every other week instead of weekly and taking breaks through the summer so that, um, yeah, so it's now like seasons versus just consistently ongoing. Yeah, I completely understand the pressure to need to constantly be putting stuff out there because I've spoken with hosts and they do say that the more they put out, the more traction they get. But it also comes at a cost because it's stressful putting out an episode every week, let alone every twice a week or, or whatever. So I think that the sustainability really is the number one priority because it mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you you're able to put out two three episodes a week but you can only do it up for like four months and then you crash and you're just like or you can just like pull the plug and say you're done with it yeah right well and you hear you know how often people start you know with an idea and start the podcast but they can't sustain mm -hmm. it and then yeah that just peters out and 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 can't go on and so you know, I really wanted this. I really enjoy it. You know, I like it and I wanted it to be something that I continued to enjoy doing. And so this was a way it, you know, has worked for me in my life and my work. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, it has to work for you because it's that passion that drives you during those times when you really feel exhausted or stressed or, or ask yourself, why am I doing this? So right. that's really wonderful to hear. Yeah. Yeah, And you started the show in February 2018, right? Mm -hmm. I did. And what did that first year look like for you for the podcast? And like, what kind of impact did it have on your business? Well, I was amazed how it seemed like right off the bat, people would say, oh my gosh, I heard this episode and this is why I'm reaching out to you for therapy. I was not very good at promoting it. It felt sort of... I had a lot of imposter syndrome around that. You know, how can I be a podcaster? I'm too old. I'm whatever. And so it took me a while to really own it and, and put it out there. But the response that I've gotten and the impact on my business, I would say just the amount of clients, whether they choose to work with me or not through therapy or coaching, so many will say like, either I heard you on another podcast or... I listened to this episode and knew that I had to work with you. And so that's really gratifying and pretty amazing the reach it's had. Yeah. But back then, I don't know that I realized just the depth of how far it could go, just how many people were touched in such different places in the world. Yeah. There's no limits. Yeah. yeah literally. Yeah. <laughs> Endless. Endless. That's that's so inspiring. And I, you said something quite interesting there. You mentioned how like you didn't necessarily, I suppose, jump in two feet in promoting the podcast. It, it, how did that change? And what's your relationship with like 
now versus back then when it comes to promoting the podcast? I think I've gotten better systems in place to promote it, but I would say I'm still probably not the best marketer. You know, I have an Instagram page where I share new episodes. I have a newsletter that goes out to my mailing list with the new episodes when they come out. Uh, I just started recording some of the interviews and solo episodes on video. So I have a YouTube channel as well. I think I'm more comfortable with talking about it myself now because I do feel somewhat like a veteran podcaster, uh, you know, after doing it for so long. So it's gotten easier to talk about it, but I just love, I must say, I love the reach it has, even without me having to work really hard at promoting it. <laughs> you put in the time. I mean, yeah, you've been here, uh, you you put in the time. So like, understandably, it's it's going to, it's going to yes. pick up. It's that consistency that is so important, 100%. Yes. Yes. And you also said that you used to edit it, but now you outsource it. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. So when I started, I knew it was important to have a dedicated web page. So I have a web page, you know, in my, well, now it's, it's housed on my coaching website used to be on my therapy website, but those, you know, those episodes are still there, the, the woman warriors ones. So I knew that it was important to have good show notes. I knew I was, you know, working to figure out how to get good sound quality. And I really didn't know how much work the sound editing was going to take the recordings, you know? And so for a long time, I did it myself through audacity and, yeah, it just took probably at least as long as an interview to edit it properly. And that was having to learn how to do it. And then because I was afraid that if I had to write the show notes, that that would be a stumbling block for me to get any episode out there. So I enlisted my sister-in-law as a copywriter, copy editor. So I send her the audio and the, the transcripts and she writes up these beautiful show notes for me. So I've never done that part of it myself. And I know a lot of people are using AI for that, but these days, but uh, I appreciate her spin that she puts on it. And yeah, probably around the same time that I switched to the Awaken Your Wise Woman from Woman Warriors was when I decided it was time to sub out the, the sound editing because I really wanted to up the quality of what I was putting out there. If I was only putting it out a couple times a month, I really wanted it to sound professional and and now it does, which is really great. And how did you find that that editor that works on the, the audio? I was a part of a podcasting group. It was called Healthcasters. It was basically for people in the health and wellness field who, you know, either had a podcast or wanted to have a podcast. And it was part of a Facebook group and I just asked, you know, I'm like, who's got a good editor? Because I really need to, I need to hand this off. And uh, a friend in that group uh, recommended this woman. And so she's in Alaska and I just, we have a shared Google drive that we put the episodes up there and, you know, she's quick. She turns them around. It's for me, a very reasonable cost, you know, because it's not my time that's being spent on it. And uh, she does a great job. You know, she'll give me, you know, a little clip to promote as well as, you know, an introduction with the music and all of that. So it's really nice. 
and it sounds way better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's one of the benefits, I suppose, of bringing in a professional. You do have to pay for it, but at the same time, you're getting what you pay for. Yes. I personally, I enjoy editing. Well, I feel conflicted. I enjoy editing my episodes in the past because I can fully control how they come out, but also the actual process of editing them. It's very laborious. Mm-hmm. and it's it could be quite dull and tedious so i think that it's quite a smart thing to outsource yeah uh, early on well and and i think if you had a background and really were at least versed in how to how to edit sound like that's one thing but i came into it you know without any experience at all and so having to learn it and then do it myself and mm. So it adds a lot of stress and time and, and energy that that made it that much harder. And I think had I, I, there's part of me that wishes I had done outsourced it sooner. Yeah, I get that. And you also mentioned that you have guested on a number of other shows in the past. Like what have you found to be the benefits of being a guest that you don't get when you're a host? Oh, wow. Well, it's, well, one, a whole different audience. So the people listening to a podcast that I'm guesting on may not know anything about me or may just have a whole different interest, but then hearing me talk about my work or whatever topic we've picked for the the conversation, it just broadens my reach for one, but it also, each conversation is different, which is nice, you know, where I know what I want to talk about on my episodes to to enter into someone else's realm and whatever their uh, focus of their podcast is, it's great to be able to sort of meet them where they, you know, for their audience, which is really nice. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy having that experience and being the guest, you know, versus having to, yeah, control the conversation in some way. Yeah. It's nice to switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. How do you make these connections uh, with, host that you managed to land the spot on? Yeah, sometimes I've reached out to someone who has a podcast. I want them to be a guest. And then they will say, hey, you should come on my podcast too. So sometimes it's an exchange, you know, and not necessarily set up that way, but it works out that way. Sometimes it's arranged, like, let's do this. You know, you have a great podcast, so do I. Let's 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 share. I also joined a um podcast guest matching service that I also pay for where they have their members and basically based on your criteria of what you want to talk about, they suggest a couple of matches every, well, they do it often, but I I don't go on there that much because right now I'm in a very busy time in my life. So I don't have a lot of time to guest on other podcasts, but you know, and I can say yes. It's almost like a dating service. Like I can swipe right or left. No, I can say yes or no. This is a good match or no, this isn't a good match. And um, I've gotten quite a few uh, guesting opportunities that way. But often it's just like contacts, people reaching out and uh, people who have listened to my podcast. And I've also had people reach out to me directly through Instagram, you know, send me a direct message wanting me to be on their podcast. And um, yeah, so it's a lot, a lot of uh, different opportunities. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I have found that sometimes doing podcast swaps is such a, it's so mutually beneficial for everyone involved. So it's always nice when those come through uh, naturally. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 
and also i know that like we've obviously spoken in the past because i've connected you with some guests for your show so i know that you do receive pitches and you do accept pitches and when you do get a pitch what do you look for for someone who wants to be on awaken your wise woman ah that is such a great question so i get pitches all the time what i'm looking for one is how i'm pitched right i've gotten pitches where they will call me the name of a guest I've had on the podcast <laughs> instead of my name. <laughs> That's always a downer. I'm always like, nope, yeah. not that one. Um, I've had pitches that are very generic, you know, um, really obviously have not listened to the podcast to know whether their guests would be a good fit. I have, well, because my podcast is called Awaken Your Wise Woman, I only bring on women, female guests. and definitely get podcast pitches for male guests, which I'm like, nope, you're, you're not, you clearly haven't listened to podcasts. So I, yeah, I want some, I want to have some indication that they've listened, that they understand what the show is about and that their guest is really, truly a good fit, that it's not just that they're willing to talk about a topic that fits the podcast versus just wanting to promote themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you lean towards a particular guest from a background or do you take anyone as long as they fit the, the criteria? Um, I would say most guests have some experience in, you know, they've been through either a difficult life experience and come through on the other side because of a certain work they've done, right? They've either really healed through a particular modality or their healing has led them to want to heal others. So, you know, it may not necessarily be therapy or coaching, but, you know, maybe I'll give you an example. Uh, I had a woman recently, probably I think recommended by you, who really has done amazing work around emotional eating. And like, to me, that is such a relevant topic for women that it just, I knew it was a great fit. And then I, I typically too, then we'll research the person. I'll look at their Instagram feed. I'll look at their, if they have LinkedIn, whatever their social media, their website, just to get a sense of who they are presenting themselves in the world. Um, and that really helps me and if they have a podcast, I listen to their podcast. So it takes work sometimes. Uh, but I just know that it it helps if I do the work myself because it makes it a better interview too, that I know who I'm talking to. Yeah. That makes total sense. And also, Biz, thank you so much for sharing an example of someone I connected you with. That That's really nice because I love my job. Mm. And it's really nice to know that the people that I make these connections for and connect the, my clients with hosts with really do have a genuine good time yeah and yeah I think what you said is so important I'm never someone that sends a generic pitch because it's almost like forcing a, a square peg in a circular hole mm -hmm. um it's it's just a, a waste of time so yeah I I'm really glad you used that example and when it comes to your podcast processes you we obviously spoke earlier about like They've kind of evolved over time. Are there any particular tools that you have used uh, or do use today that have really helped you to simplify your process when creating a show? Well, I think having like having uh, outsourced show notes and sound editing, that was huge. 
uh, as far as my own process, I now I use Notion, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it mm -hmm. basically it helps me keep track of potential guests I've reached out to who maybe haven't responded or I need to you know come back to. It keeps me um, on track for like what's next because I like to be able to, even though I talk to a wide range of women and healers and a wide range of people, I, I try to keep the theme of some of the guesting relevant to each other. So maybe I'll have a couple episodes around, you know, emotional eating or eating healthy or whatever it might be. And then maybe I might have a couple of episodes around what's coming up now is like women who have experienced some pretty significant trauma in their lives and how they've come through that and what things have really resonated for them. That's what'll be coming up on the podcast soon. So that helps me. Notion helps me kind of track that, that, you know, how do I group these interviews in a way that makes sense for the podcast? Um, also keeps me on track for when I need to get things ready. Where am I in that stage? Have they been edited or not? Or um, So that's been really, really helpful. Uh, I also use a social media, I don't even know what you call it, but basically I upload my social media to this it's called Social Bee. It's kind of, I think there's a bunch of them out there. And it just, it it releases the social media posts for me ahead of time. So I can batch two weeks worth of social media posts once I have the episode ready and quotes pulled and all of that. And they release without me having to actually be on social media. So then I can go back and comment and uh, respond to people's comments if I need to. So that's been really helpful too. All right. Yeah, definitely. And I like to ask this question because organization is so important for most any job, but certainly when you're supposed to be getting an episode out every every week, every other week or whenever it is, mm -hmm. you do need that ability to just oversee everything because there's so many little steps that people just don't realize go into podcasting that you need to just tick off a checklist before an episode can actually go out yes. uh, if you want it to be successful. So that's why i like to ask this because people use a variety of tools out there like you use notion mm -hmm. uh, i know other people that use trello and meister task and other similar stuff and i'm i'm so curious to know yeah how everyone yeah. does it and how everyone you know, make sure that episodes go out on time and everything runs smoothly so that's super helpful to know yeah it's funny because uh yeah for the longest time it was just me and my brain and i'd be like oh my gosh I need to, whatever, upload something and, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy for things to fall through the the cracks that way. I, as I've progressed as a podcaster, I, I've definitely seen the necessity for just using these tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to know, where do you host Awaken Your Wise Woman? Why did you pick this platform? I use Libsyn and um, I picked it because that's what the people were using that, you know, who I was familiar with um, in the podcasting world at the time. I've stayed with it. I know a lot of people have gone on. I know a lot of, of my, you know, podcasters who are friends use like Captivate and I have stuck with Libsyn just because I know it and it, it feels mm -hmm. very easy and intuitive to me um, and it's really affordable. So, and they do a great job with stats. That's a popular choice. Um, yeah, of all the hosts I asked, that's probably one of the top contenders lives in, I'd say. So that, that makes sense. And really just uh, my last few questions to you. I want to know what do you consider to be your greatest success in podcasting? 
this is a very recent success. So I'm going to share two, if that's okay. Yeah, go so for it. So one, uh, uh, um, I've had emails from people who have been impacted by the podcast and, you know, not looking to work with me, but just sharing how listening to a particular episode has influenced or impacted them personally. And that always just, well, one blows my mind, but also just feels like that's what I'm doing it for. You know, I want to be able to reach people because it, I feel like it matters. And then the other recently, I, so I, I launched a, a, a coaching group for um, highly sensitive women in midlife in September. So I, I was beginning to market it through the summer and launched it in September. And I would say more than half of the people who found me and wanted to uh, be a part of the group, whether they actually joined or not, found me through the podcast. And so uh, it was a group of uh, seven women. One was in England, two were, you know, in the uh, middle part of the U.S., so, you know, not Maryland-centric. Two were people from Maryland and from Virginia. And so it really just blew my mind that I could market something and reach an audience from such a, a broad range of demographics, I guess, or where they live. And and they found me because they heard it on the podcast. It's just it's really pretty cool. That is very cool. And I think that we often overlook what profound impact just a message or receiving an email from someone that you've really impacted can have. Mm -hmm. That's why I know we always say like as podcast hosts, please leave ratings and reviews. And obviously they are good because they help you get discovered. But it is also nice to see that people have genuinely been impacted by your work and not only that but as podcast hosts like our main tool is words so the fact that your words can have such a powerful impact on people just by speaking into a mic that's to me one of the sweetest things in the world it's so wonderful it is it really really is and yeah it just makes it all feel worthwhile yeah yeah exactly exactly that now my last question to you before we go do you have any other advice for podcasters looking to grow their audience or uh, monetize their podcast through like bringing revenue to their business? Is there anything that you would, any advice you'd like to leave them with? I would say, I think the most important thing is to really be true to your message and be clear about why you're doing the podcast. Like for me, initially, Yes, I wanted to reach more people, but it was about reaching women who were struggling with anxiety because that really mattered to me. I wanted them to know they're not alone. And again, now with Awaken Your Wise Woman, it's really important for me to let women know that like, no matter where they are on their journey, that healing is possible through lots of different means. It doesn't have to be therapy. It doesn't have to be coaching. There's like so much out there available to heal whatever it is and to live a life that's really fully and truly yours. And I hope that I stay true to that message in my podcast, but that's my advice is like, stay true to your purpose for what your podcast is. And that message will come through and it is important to be consistent and let your listeners know what that consistency is going to be. 
I think that's some solid advice. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, anyone that's listening, please go check out Awaken Your Wise Woman. Leave it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And once again, Biz, thank you so much for joining me today. If people are listening and they want to keep in touch with you or follow you, um, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, well, they can do that through my website. Uh, it's my name, but it's elizabethcushcoaching.com. Um, they can find me there. I'm also on Instagram at Awaken Your Wise Woman. So either one of those places. Fantastic. Excellent. Biz, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Sam. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us today. Remember, you can find more helpful resources to grow your business with podcasting on our blog at podwritten.com and on Instagram at podwritten. You can also find a full transcript for this episode on our website. So be sure to visit podwritten.com or follow the links in the episode description. Until next time, stay healthy, happy, and successful.